What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to, or watching as the case may be, Cogitations. Powered by DigitalBibleStudy.org on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. Atlantic, 8 p.m. Central, 7, no, 8. Y'all, let me start over with this. 9 p.m. Atlantic, then you back up an hour for Eastern, that's 8. Then you back up another hour for Central, which is probably where most of you are, and that would be 7. So we come on right after the Digital Bible Study Connect. I'm so thankful for Jonathan and Eric to allow me to have this slot. And I'm thankful to you all who stick around and uh, listen to me for some reason. I don't know why. But um, anyway, I always say I hope you get as much out of it as I do. Before we start the show tonight, I want to tell you that I designed a t-shirt. You may or may not like it, but I'm going to share the I'm going to share the link here. And basically what I did, and I'm I'm bragging just a little bit. I know Proverbs 27 verse 1 and 2 says don't brag about what you're doing and don't brag about what you're going to do, but I kind of f- feel accomplished. So a few years ago, I started a project online just to mess around. And I started a Facebook page and a Facebook group called Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. And I went on Fiverr and I paid, I don't know, $60, $70, something like that uh, for a budget to have this logo designed uh, for the Facebook stuff. And it it went pretty well. It was fun. But that I'm no longer dealing with that project, but I still own the logo. And I've always thought the logo would make a good T-shirt. And I finally bit the bullet. I got an account at Printify, and I linked it to an Etsy store. So every time you order one of these T-shirts, it goes, <clears throat> it goes and 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 drop ships. It it triggers. It communicates with with Printify, and it drop ships however many shirts you want. Uh, Scott Wall, that is not a new shirt. I just don't normally wear an uncollared shirt when I do. It's just. I'm kind of like uh I'm kind of like a crazy billionaire but without the money. I wear the same thing every day and when I say the same thing, I've got a rotation of about 5 shirts and I just pull them out of the closet and I don't think. Um anyway, that being said, uh, I haven't even ordered me one of these t-shirts yet. They're brand new, but they've got Jesus loves me this I know logo on the breast and then on the back it's got a bigger logo and I just think it's pretty cool. It's not branded cogitations. It's not my, it's not my, uh, it, it's it, not my face or anything like that. But I was really thinking about, you know what? I'm going to design some more shirts. Um, first off, I, I think I want to si- I want to design one something to the effect of, we'll catch you on the flip side, uh, or maybe uh, maybe design one that says cool beans because I say that a lot, or I might design one says something to think about because I say that a lot but then I want to design some other shirts that have like bible phrases bible verses anyway just just check out that t-shirt and if you like it order it I do get 40% of the of the of the retail price so that's pretty cool so that's a way to support me as a podcaster and um get a little bit of something back um Let's see. Scott Wall says color. Right now, the T-shirt only comes in white. I need to set it up to where um, 
I need to set it up where I can I can allow people to order it in different colors because I'm a I'm a navy blue man. I'm a dark color shirt guy. I don't typically wear white shirts. I do wear white undershirts. But anyway, um, Scott Beck, that's a good question. Uh, they are available in the states. Uh, at least they should be. They they you can order them from either the U.S. or Canada. You may be able to order them all over the world. Um, through Printify, uh, well, just th- through the Etsy store, but uh, Printify it just drop ships, and um, it may be all over the world. But I know, I'm, I know it's United States and Canada. So anyway, let's talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. I want to, I want to get a little bit cheeky. Uh, someone asked me one time, Tony, what does cheeky mean? Well, I looked it up because I wanted to make sure once I was questioned that I was using it correctly. And um, I said, the, the, the definition is affectionately irreverent. So maybe I overused the word cheeky because um, I use the word cheeky in such a way as you're being a little bit smart, you're being a little bit clever, maybe too clever by half. And so whenever somebody has a title for a sermon that is a little too clever by half or a little gimmicky, I use the word cheeky. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But anyway. Oh, that's good. We got some good comments, y'all. Um, Katie Smith says you could, whoops, you could combine scripture with either one uh, of the other phrases like cool beans or something to think about. Yeah, that that would be cool. In fact, you could have a, a cool beans, so a cool beans line of shirts with cool beans here on the breast and on the back, a passage of scripture that 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 uh, tells forth a promise given to us by God or a blessing by God, and um, you could do something to think about, as in some kind of proverb or truism or something like that from the Bible, a verse. It'd be neat, and. Um, Connie says, I'm sure it has copyrights, but I got a hoodie that has a kneeling knight, and it says, the devil saw me with my head bowed and thought he'd won until I said amen. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. And 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 Paige Perry says, I love hymn, hymn lyrics on shirts. Yeah, that, again, that's another thing. As long as those hymns are, are in public domain, man, I can use them. And I may, I don't know, I, I may be able to just plead ignorance and use whatever I want to use, and but I would, I would certainly hate to for somebody to come after me in a court of law. Anyway, something to think about. <laughs> and Happy New Year, Jewel Pender. And uh, Gita, yeah, a t-shirt with the plan of salvation. Maybe, yeah, hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. Um, I'm, I typically am careful how I use that uh, when I'm teaching the brethren or when I'm teaching a prospect, but it's some, it's, it would be something to um, get people to thinking and talking. Also, now that y'all say it, um, the, the three scriptures in a gingerbread man, and you could have the three scriptures in a gingerbread man on the T-shirt with the blanks and everything like that. Uh, man, that would be kind of a cool... Um, vacation Bible school project. Uh, you wouldn't have to order my shirt. You just had to get a bunch of Hanes white t-shirts and you could, um, you could draw on the, um, on the shirt, the gingerbread man 
and with the children have them will have them draw their own gingerbread man, then illustrate the head, illustrate the body and the verses, and then what does it take to get into the body, and that's baptism. So yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, so it, it's nothing against Paul Mays. I would be I, I would be a little leery to partner with somebody like Paul May. How would you split revenue? How do you figure? It, it would just it'd be kind of a headache, you know. Um, but again, that's certainly not out of the question. Um, I, I, y'all y'all kind of got me excited. I I kind of I'm not even. I ain't even really talked much about my wife, much about this to my wife. Um, I, I really, I really appreciate y'all. Y'all kind of, y'all kind of making me think this could be bigger than I thought. Anyway, yeah, we'd be forming an LLC, and that, that's another. That's the thing. I don't. That that's too much. I, I got too many irons. I, in fact, uh, for twenty twenty three, I've pulled some of my irons out of the fire. And I'm I'm just focusing on well I'm doing the podcast cogitations which means I do the Tuesday night with DBS and um, do the do the uh, Christianity Now podcast but I got to figure I got to be careful because I'm I'll spread myself too thin and I'll be doing okay at a bunch of different stuff I'd rather do real real good at one or two things anyway let's talk about how to grow a church you know the plans right in the Bible. And uh, talking about a cheeky title, this is the this is 2020 vision for the new year. This is the 2020 vision for church growth. You know, 2020 vision is good. Um, bear with me; I got to make just a real quick adjustment, and uh, I got a noise gate that's cutting me off a little bit. It doesn't sound natural. Y'all may not be able to hear it, but I hear it. It's bothering the dickens out of me. All right, now we're back. 2020 vision for church growth. You know, can you imagine in 2020 all of the preachers that had their uh, year planned out as far as sermons and lessons and stuff like that, and the theme for the year was 2020 vision? And uh, man, I bet I bet about six months into it, they they didn't like that vision. Um, but 2020 vision, we all want to be able to see clearly. We don't want to be myopic, and there is. A formula, uh, it, it's some practical things that we can take about church growth from Paul recounting his ministry to the elders at Miletus who are from the church at Ephesus. So let's go there to Acts chapter 17, I mean Acts chapter 20 rather, and the thrust of our theme for tonight will be verse 20. So Acts 20 verse 20. In fact, my my Memphis School of Preaching class ring, um, instead of having my name on one side, I've got Acts 2020. I don't know if y'all can see that for the glare or not. But anyway, um, it says 2015 on this side, and it says 2020, Acts, oops, it says Acts chapter 2020 on this one. And so I'm constantly reminded about what Paul is teaching here and what, what Paul, the implication of what Paul is saying in verse 20 specifically. So do you want to grow the congregation where you are? Well, let's talk about this. And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church, verse 18. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came to Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Well, notice what word Paul uses. I'm going to walk us through this as we go. 
how do we grow the church? How do we, what can we make a, uh, make a resolution to do this year? What can we resolve ourselves to do this year in order to grow the church? I caught the tail end of Jonathan and Eric's discussion just a little bit. And I remember Eric in that discussion saying, the church where you are doesn't need another program. The church where you are needs participation in the programs it has already. Get excited and champion something that you can do for God that nobody else has to do with you. In other words, something that you can do alone. We've got some awesome folks up here in Riverview, and what we're what we're focusing on and what we're going to be focusing on in the year 2023 is personal work, doing things personally. In other words, if you want to go out door knocking, if you want to go um, evangelize, you don't have to meet a group of people at the church building at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning and go knock doors. You can literally, quote unquote, door knock anytime that you want to do it. Nobody's stopping you. Now, I will say this for you ladies out there. You probably need to be a little bit careful about where you go. And I doubt I w- if I were you, I wouldn't go alone. I would at least carry one or two women with with me if you wanted to go with women. But other than that, you can you can do personal evangelism. You can get out there and work. And you also you your your skill set might not lie in studying the Bible with somebody. So you might not want to go door knocking. It might not be profitable for you to go door knocking. It might be a net negative. Um I remember um, the, uh, uh, an interesting scene in the television show House MD and a young woman uh, come into the clinic and she had been sexually assaulted. Um, Dr. House goes to the boss and says, hey, uh, I need to switch this patient with another doctor. And his her house's boss was like, no, you can't do that. You owe your clinic hours. You, He said, no, this woman's been sexually assaulted. Do you honestly think I need to be her doctor? Well, House's M.O. is he's gruff. He's a smart aleck. He's a little bit mean, but he's probably the best. According to the show, he's the best doctor in the country. And, of course, once he said that, she was like, oh, no. And she worked on getting the girl a new doctor. So House knew it was a net negative for him to be in there. Doesn't matter how much he wanted to help. He doesn't possess the skill set. It may be a net negative for you to go door knocking and try to get a Bible study because that might not be where your skill lies. But you need to be self-aware enough to know where your skills are. Every Christian needs a ministry. Every Christian, male or female, needs a ministry, needs something that they do personally that is for God, something that they can champion. So let me give you something that if if you're a woman, you don't want to go Bible, you don't want to go door knocking, or you're unable to go door knocking, uh, you uh, don't really possess the skill set uh, that you feel comfortable conducting a Bible study. In other words, you're not, an, you're not a Priscilla of Priscilla and Aquila. Well, what can you do? Well, I tell you what you can do, and I use this one all the time. You can talk to the people who do possess that skill set, and you can offer up your home. 
and you can say, what I want to do is I want you to schedule Bible studies, and I want you to call me, and I want you to schedule them in my home, and I want to cook for the prospect and you, and I want to feed y'all, and after dinner, I want to have a Bible. I want, I want to be a silent partner in the Bible study. That's not a little thing, folks. That's a big thing. That is something huge that you can do. And, and you can champion that. And you, you can just be known in the congregation uh, for somebody who facilitates Bible studies and who makes really good fried chicken or makes really good barbecue or makes really good chocolate pies. Man, my mouth is watering. I, I, I miss down south. I, as much as I love it up here in the great white north, their food ain't the same as ours. You got me? It's like they don't know where they're, they're, they don't know where the spices are. I can't believe it. We 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 actually went uh, a couple of weeks ago to three different stores. We couldn't find cornmeal up here. How these people eat white beans and cornbread? I thought white beans were also called great northern beans. And we're in the north. How are you going to eat great northern beans without cornbread? All right, I think I've I've derailed. So let's get back. It's not a small thing. To be this person, it's a huge thing. You can facilitate these Bible studies. What else can you do? You can have some cards printed up, just business size cards. On the front, you are invited. On the back, it has all the information about how to get to the building and the worship times and the service times. Now, question. Should the extent of your evangelistic outreach be inviting people to quote-unquote church? The answer is emphatically no. However, it's better than nothing. I do not want you to stop inviting people to church, please. And if you're looking for something to do and you're having trouble, get those cards Print those cards up. You can you can print them up several different places. Just Google where to print them and pass them out to everybody you know. You be like the card dealer at the casino, just passing out cards, passing out cards. And you're you're known as the person in your community that every time you meet somebody, you're inviting them to worship service. You're inviting them to a potluck. You're inviting them to a sing-along. You're inviting them to some kind of something that has to do with the church. Oh, Connie, that's awesome. I'm a study teacher for World Bible School and World English Institute. I like working. Exactly. That is something that's something, and and I would never have known that you did that unless you said it. That's awesome, Jewel. Jewel says, I have cards inviting to have a study. That's right. And don't be afraid to put your phone number on it. Don't put the building's phone number. Don't put your preacher's phone number, an elder's phone number. When I say that, let me, in case anybody misunderstands, there's nothing wrong with putting the church's phone number or an elder's phone number or a preacher's phone number, but make this personal to you. Put your phone number and make sure that they know, hey, listen, you can call me. And, uh, man, I ain't even got past the first point here. When they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. This word know in the Greek is not the word for learned knowledge. 
It is the word for experienced, knowledge gained through experience. In other words, they were able to see Paul working. He says, you know how I have been. Be that. Listen, I, I again, as Eric said in the last hour, I, I'm not trying to take shots at anybody. And I've told you that some of the things when I talk about how the church needs to work on something, I'm always afraid that it won't resonate with you all because you all are not the people that need to work on it usually. You're just not. You're you're constantly in the Bible. You're constantly in the Word. You're constantly listening or reading something that is going to help you in your walk with Christ. But to the general populace of Christians in the Lord's church, they need this. And I'm not taking a shot at anybody. I'm just this is this is something that I observed and it happened, and this is this is my counter to it. Whenever we're talking in a congregation about work needing to be done and work needing to be done, and we're not growing because nobody's working, and we the way you know if people are working is if the church is growing, and somebody said, Well, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scene, Tony, that you don't know about. My response is, no, it's not. No, that, that, that is the excuse that lazy people say, and it sounds good, but it's a specious argument. The church is not growing where you are. Why isn't it? you got to work. Individuals have to work, and then they combine their efforts, and the church grows. So I understand that we may have a few people that might be doing some stuff behind the scenes, but if they're doing stuff behind the scenes, then and the church is not growing, then we need to have accountability, and maybe we need to refocus our efforts. World Video Bible School has business cards with QR codes on the back to different videos. I put the website to my congregation on one and and on and, and made on one evidently and made with a label maker. That's really cool. I didn't know that, Katie. VB, World Video Bible School has business cards with QR codes on the back to different videos. Listen, that that's that would be awesome. You have those, and you meet somebody, and you know you if you if you if the QR code links to uh, the eternality of hell, you might ask somebody that you meet on the street, "Hey, will there be more people in heaven or more people in hell?" Well, they may say, "Well, I don't even believe in heaven or hell." Well, you need to get another card. But but if they say, well, you know, I really want to say heaven, but I don't know. Oh, you know, the Bible has an answer. Here, take this card on your break or when you get home tonight, scan it with your phone, and it will take you to a YouTube channel with a video of a Bible teacher answering that question. And besides which, there's, a, there's, a, there's an address to our church website. If you want to study more, uh, just holler at me. I got my numbers on there, and we would love to study with you. And you can do that work. That's amazing. I really like that. A New Year plan is to buy some $5 food gift cards to hand out my card, the food gift card, and a tract on the Church of the Bible to the people demanding in the middle of the street. Absolutely good stuff.
Absolute good stuff here. All right. Scott Walsh says every member is part of the working of the church, and if they aren't, they can be. You got that right. Every member of the church needs a ministry. I've been known to stick the cards and Bibles in bookstores. That's awesome, Katie. Oh, that is really neat. I didn't think about that. I, that, that would be something cool to do. Jewel, Jewel Pender, I knew exactly what you meant, uh, standing in the middle of the street and asking for food. Yes, yes. Yeah, those people need Jesus. And most of them are probably scam artists, but I imagine there are some people there that are really down and out, and they, they're ready for Jesus. All right, so work in such a way where it's known. Don't work behind the scenes. Now, that doesn't mean that you're working in order to be seen of men. That carries with it its own set of problems. But if you are working, people will notice. That's the thing. And nobody will be able to question it if you're working. Find something to champion. All right, let's go to the next verse, verse 19. So what did Paul do from his first day that he came into Asia? Well, verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Oh, folks, we have to serve with humility of mind. That brings me to a thought I want to develop from 2 Peter chapter 1. I believe it starts in verse 12. 2 Peter chapter 1, long about verse 12. Wherefore? I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. So Peter is saying, I'm going to teach you these things, but I'm going to teach them to you, but you already know them, and you're established in the truth. But I'm going to put you in remembrance of it. And that's Peter, an apostle. Oh, Bonnie Moore. Yes, I do. Let me, let me put it on. I think I can reply to Bonnie Moore. All right, there we go. Now, I remember Dan Winkler. I, I listened, I, I, I sat in on lectures from Dan Winkler. About the third lecture, I noticed this man is a giant in the pulpit when he's preaching the Word of God. His his shoulders are back. He's handling the word like a warrior of the cross. And as soon as he's done, it's like he, he, it's weird. It's like he physically shrinks. I don't, I've never asked him about this. I've never pointed it out. I'm not trying to be flattering. It's just something that I noticed. It's almost as if he is trying to make the focus be on the word and not himself. That when he's preaching the word, he's a vessel for God's word. And whenever he's done, he wants you to forget about him and focus on what he just said, the message from God's word. And I also noticed how Dan Winkler preaches. When I'm through listening to a sermon from Brother Dan Winkler, I have two thoughts. Number one, I didn't learn one thing new. Number two, how in the world 
did he get that much out of that text? Both of those things are very, very good. All the man did was read the text, put it in its context, and define the terms used. There's nothing there that is innovative. There's nothing there that is new. And he's really not teaching me or anybody else anything that they don't already know. They knew all the definitions of these terms. They knew all of what the, what, what the context was. But he just presented it and organized it in such a way that it was so digestible that it affects you in a certain way. But it's not new. It's a 2,000-year-old source material if he's preaching from the New Testament. Older than that if he's preaching from the Old Testament. It's, it's masterful to watch. That's humility of mind. It's not him. It's God's word. And I dare say he wouldn't, he wouldn't mind me saying this about him. Or he may get a little sheepish. And Anyway, I, back whenever I was younger, I was a little bit awestruck and starstruck, rather. And I think I made some of these guys uncomfortable because I, I dove into the realm of flattery just a little bit, not intending to. They're men just like you and me. That's right, Scott. He, he paints a picture every time he preaches, and he brings the word alive. Now, Peter said, you, you're established in these truths, and you know them already. But as long as I'm alive, I'm not going to neglect to put you in remembrance of these things. In fact, when you look at Paul's letter to Timothy, he said, as long as you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you'll be a good minister. This message, and this actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Just remember, I said all this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a callback whenever we get to verse twenty. It didn't originate with you, so you can't be arrogant about it. You can't be puffed up up about it. It didn't originate with me, so I can't be arrogant or puffed up about it. You know, I, I was preaching a sermon from John chapter three about Jesus about being born again. And I asked the rhetorical question, being born again is how God chose to deal with our sin problem. Do you have sin? Do you want to be born again? And this woman said, yes, and got up. <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't say, as together we stand and sing. She said, yes, and got up. All she knew was that in order to be forgiven of her sins, she had to go through a rebirth. I had to explain to her on the front row, hey, you're wanting, you, you changed your mind. You don't want to live in sin any longer. She said, no, I don't. I said, so you want to fix your sin problem? She said, yes. I said, how did you, what, what are you wanting to do? She said, she said, I want to do what you said up there. I want to be born again. She had no idea what baptism was. So I explained to her that Jesus is the king sitting on the throne of David, and I explained to her that the church of Christ is the church that Jesus built, and her repentance is her putting her old man of sin to death, and we have to bury dead bodies. But don't worry, because we're going to raise you up again, and that's where you'll start walking in newness of life. She said, so I need to be baptized. I said, yes. She said, okay, let's do it now. She understood enough. Was that my masterful preaching 
Or was that simply the text? It was, God, it was God's word, folks. Go to Acts chapter 13. The proconsul, Sergius Paulus, wanted to hear the gospel. Elymas tried to thwart the gospel. So Paul struck him blind. Do you remember? Do you remember what is said about the proconsul Sergius Paulus? That after this bona fide miracle occurred, Sergius Paulus marveled at the doctrine, not the miracle. It ain't you and me, folks. So if you want to grow the church, find a ministry and perform that ministry, the duties associated with that ministry, with humility of mind. This is not me. I'm doing this for the Lord. I want to glorify Him. It's amazing how many think you can be born again by simply saying, Jesus, come into my heart, and they will argue that point. Absolutely. And bless this woman's heart. She didn't know anything. She just knew she wanted to be born again, and she trusted me, and I took her to some scriptures and showed her what to do. She's like, yep, we got to do that. Let's go. Yes, ma'am. All right. So let's keep going. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. We've got that. And with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Once you start, my brethren, doing a ministry, getting behind something that you can champion and you can do by yourself, and once you, especially if you start seeing the worldly definition of success, you are going to differentiate yourself from the masses and they will ostracize you, they will stand in your way, they will not like it. I do not know why that is. But, it, but when you start differentiating yourself from the masses who are not doing anything, and you start doing something, the, the masses bring you back down, and they try to assimilate you into, the, into that group of do-nothings. That, that is just as sure as the fact that nature abhors a vacuum. It happened to Jesus. He differentiated himself from the religious community of the day, and they killed him. The prophets differentiated themselves from the religion and kings. If you are prove yourself to be exemplary, if you prove yourself to be an asset and you work, you are going to have people who set themselves against you. In fact, we do it to young people, and we don't even realize it. What we'll do to a young man who shows an aptitude for learning, who's about 16 years old and he starts reading extra-biblical text, extra-biblical scholarly text, he starts listening to a bunch of podcasts, he starts taking notes, he starts trying to do a Devo on Wednesday night, maybe he fills in for uh, the preacher on a Sunday night. What, what do we do with that guy most of the time? What do we do? We say, oh, look. You are special. You're different than everybody else. You need to go to preaching school. We ostracize him. He is doing what any Christian should be doing. And once he starts doing it, we excise him from our group. 
we we send him off to those people over there, those radicals that want to study the Bible all day long. And of course, we've gutted the best of us from many of our congregations. I bet every preacher would like to have someone stand up and say what she did. Y- yes. Yeah, absolutely. S- Connie, I was so focused on the point I was making at the moment that I had forgotten what that I had to I had to really think about. Wait, say what who did? But yeah, yeah, it, yes. I, I recommend at least once in your life, preachers, to have that happen. It's great. It's it's wonderful. And that's right, Elaine. The word of God is alive and sharper than any two edged sword. So the the point is this. Understand that you might perform your duties through many tears and temptations which befall you by some of your own brethren. You do not, do not, do not, do not get discouraged enough to quit. You just keep doing what you're doing and let God sort all that out. Because it's going to happen. It happens every it, it happens to every godly person who takes Christianity seriously. So you need to get a ministry and work, and you need to do it through with humility of mind, glorifying God and not yourself, and you need to do it even whenever it causes hardship and anxiety. Also, you don't need to hold anything back. If you're going to give yourself to a ministry in 2023, actually give yourself to a ministry in 2023. Don't don't make it a mock charge. Charge forth and go through and follow through. Specifically, Paul here is talking about preaching of the gospel. And we should. We should be evangelistic. This is evangelism. But I don't want you to focus so much on the evangelism part of this, and I don't want to focus so much on the evangelism part of this, that you think this is a podcast about saying you need to be evangelistic in 2023. Here's the thing. You do. I do. Okay? But this is more along the lines of if you're not predisposed and possessing of the skill set to have set-down Bible studies, figure out something to do and and look at the comment sections here with all these people that use these cards in these particular way in these in these particular ways it's amazing i was greatly uh encouraged by the comments uh during that section of the show but anyway and how i kept back nothing that was profitable unto you so don't hold back if you're going to do something actually do it but and how I have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. That's right, Jewel. Do something and follow through with it. Do something and follow through with it. So check this out. Serving or uh, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Remember when I said uh, we're going to have a callback? Remember the passage in First Peter or 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12? This is a 2,000-year-old text. The source material is 2,000 years old. Two plus two is four. If you teach a young man math, you're not, you're not coming up with anything. You're just teaching him truths that already exist. Paul said, I have showed you. 
This word showed implies the imparting of knowledge that did not originate with Paul himself. This came from someone else. So I'm showing you this, but it came from somewhere else. I just I was just the vessel. So, you know, Paul talks about this treasure in earthen vessels. The apostles and inspired men and women of the first century had the treasure in earthen vessels. You and I have the treasure in, uh, well, I've got the treasure here in goatskin and fine India paper bound in the Netherlands. You might have this earth, you might have the treasure in um, digital form or in, in a cardboard uh, bound book, whatever. Okay. In other words, you've got pulpwood. You've got paper. I've got paper. We have that treasure in paper now. It's been written down. But they had it in earthen vessels. That they were inspired. So whenever they preach the gospel from that inspiration, they're just showing the people. It didn't come from them. But there's more to it. And it's kind of like what Eric said in the last hour. There's a difference between reading and meditating. There's a difference between meditating and studying. There's a difference between studying and reading. So Paul can show them what is profitable to them, but he also has to teach them, okay, which that's didactic discourse. Paul has to teach them. He has to, it, it, it brings, which I've got my Old Testament here as well. Um, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, uh, so they read in the book of the law of God, they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Basically, they read it in its original language, they translated it, then they interpreted it in a way where people could apply it to their own lives. That's what Paul did. He showed them the message, then he had to teach them, he had to draw conclusions, he had to help them draw conclusions. You have to understand that sometimes your ministry is going to be public, and sometimes it's going to be from house to house. It's going to be at someone's dinner table. It's going to be inviting someone to your house. Uh, you You may go to the new couple that's just placed membership, that just moved across the country with their job, and they were Christians where they were from and their, their placed membership. So you might open your home on a Friday night and uh, make them feel uh, to be a welcome part of the congregation. That is serving. And that's doing it with all humility of mind. That's doing it. You may be ostracized and made fun of for always being the one that wants to have people over to their house. I, I remember growing up, there was a woman, and she was related to me. I'm not going to mention her name. but I loved having dinner parties at her house, and she she felt that it was important for us boys to experience a little bit of refinement, and I didn't take advantage of it like I should have, but I'm glad that I was exposed to what I was exposed to because it was wonderful, wonderful memories. I can't believe she did all that work for us boys to to show us a little bit of refinement and, and, and everything. But anyway, my, my point is this. 
she was made fun of a little bit. She was a little eccentric. She wore big flowery hat, big flowery hats, big loud hats. Some of them had flowers. Some of them had fur. Some of them had feathers. Some of them had flowers, fur, and feathers. Um, her her husband was a very successful businessman, and they they were kind of rich. And um, she was a little eccentric, and she had to deal with some snide remarks, but she didn't care because she thought what she was doing was important and what she did for us boys was important. Anyway, boy, guy, that, that, that tickled my nostalgia bone. <laughs> um, serving the, okay, hold on. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. So your ministry, the thing that you champion for God to, to all for his glory, it might be, in your own home, it might be in somebody else's home, it might be at the church building, it might be at the corner grocery store. Your ministry in 2023 might be waking up at 5.30 in the morning and going and having coffee with all the farmers before they hit the field. Nothing wrong with that at all. But do it. Do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. Do you want the church to grow? The main thing is work with humility of mind. Don't hold anything back. Understand this didn't originate with you. You're doing it all for the glory of God. Do it even whenever people actively work against you. And then here's the goal. Paul testified both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you can be the most gracious host or hostess, always having dinner parties, always being hospitable, but if you never bring people to Christ, it's just a wasted work. Everything you do, regardless of whether you're sitting down and having Bible studies or whether or not you're having people over to your house, or whether or not you're giving people cards and invitations out in the community, or whether or not you're doing service projects for people in the community. Everything, and you have to be up front with this, or you're going to come off as disingenuous. It all has to lead to, I want you to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, his son. And I want to help, you, I want to help facilitate that. That has to be your ultimate goal. And if that's the case, and if just 10% of the congregation where you are would be really serious about this and follow these tenets that we can pull from this passage of Scripture, then the congregation where you are will grow. What if your congregation only grows by 10% every year? Well, if you have a 10-member a congregation and it grows by 10%, you'll grow by one person in 2023. That's great. Well, what's 10% of 12? Well, I guess that's 1.2 people. It's kind of crazy. So you'll, you'll grow one person the next year. So now you're 13. it will take a while, but I would imagine it would build up steam. Don't you think? I think it would. It's whatever we can do. It's even just getting up and going to the church building for a baptism at 1 a.m. Oh, let me tell you something. You got that right. Listen, every congregation 
needs to have a plan of action in, uh, as far as how to get a hold of somebody in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, that, that just, it just needs to happen. Um, maybe have a, have a, have a, an app on the phone where you can send out a mass text to all the people and you have certain people bought in who would say, yeah, if I get a text or a phone call at 1 a.m. and somebody's being baptized, I want to come and meet my new brother or sister. Well, you have that group and you send out that mass uh, message and it calls. And next thing you know, you got people coming to the building and at 1 a.m. you baptize somebody into Christ. But lo and behold, they meet 10 or 15, maybe 20 people of the congregation. That's powerful. I mean, that's mighty powerful. Yeah, that'd be a good, that'd be, it'd be a good program to implement. That'd be a good work. And uh, a card signing ministry. Look, man. At the Memphis School of Preaching, every month it changed, but one of the wives of the students was over the the cards, and we always were passing cards around to sign cards to send to people who who were associated with the school to birthdays and anniversaries and stuff like that for fellow students and members of the congregation, all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, that just stuff like that helps. It works, and. Um, that that's something you can do. I was just thinking about this. I really want someone to call me for a study. It hasn't happened. I try not to get discouraged. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, you know, here's the thing. Door knocking. We'll take door knocking for instance. Probably pound for pound as far as return on investment. Door knocking is one of the most useless things you can do as far as growing a congregation, okay? Does that mean that we shouldn't door knock? No. Door knocking doesn't cost anything. Door knocking is easy. It just costs a little bit of time. Here's what I say. House to house, house to house, heart to heart, has a yearly door knocking campaign. And sadly, what I see from my brethren on Facebook during the time of year in which house to house does their nationwide door knocking campaign is a bunch of people talking about how we, how door knocking is ineffective. My response to that at all times is twofold. Number one, it doesn't matter if door knocking is ineffective. We've got to do something till Jesus gets back. We can't be the one talent man that buries the talent in the dirt. We've at least got to go give our talent to the bankers and they can lend it out and get usury on it. So we got to do something till Jesus gets back. We don't all have to be the 10 talent man. But door knocking is 100% effective 100% of the time. And folks say, well, Tony, how can you say that? Because of the purpose it serves. We've got to do something till Jesus gets back. And on the day of judgment, I can look at my master and I can say, I did what I could. I I door knocked. I passed out cards when I could. I had people in my home when I could. I even had one or two Bible studies that went very, very badly, but I did them. Well, not one person was baptized into Christ because of your efforts, but I worked. You know what you're going to hear? Well done, 
good and faithful servant. We are not commanded. That, that's, that's, sorry. <laughs> we are not commanded to baptize people. We're commanded to preach the word, to be instant in season and out of season. We're commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're not responsible for the results. Paul planted, Apollos watered. It was God who gave the increase. How do you measure the success of your ministry? You cannot measure the success of your ministry this side of eternity. Because even if you have a ministry where you're baptizing three or four people a week, you don't know how much it's helping in other ways. So you can't measure it. You might have a ministry where you feel like a failure. Where you, you, you know, I've been doing this for three or four years and, and I've never, I don't think anybody's been helped by it. I don't think anybody's been baptized because of it. Well, first off, you don't know that. Just, just ask B.J. Clark about the story of uh, Tish's conversion. Um, I, if I remember correctly, um, there was a door-knocking campaign where Tish lived as a child, and they weren't even home. And somebody just left the material on the door, and whenever they got home, they threw the material in the junk drawer. And it wasn't until sometime, maybe years later, that something happened, and they, they looked for that material, and they found it, and they, they went and visited that church, and the, the mother and father was converted, and by and by, Tish was baptized into Christ. They spent the money to send Tish to Freed Hardeman University, where B.J. Clark happened to be attending, and then they met, and now they're married. Door knocking, it's worthless, not very good. Anyway, uh, you, you don't know the ramifications uh, and, the, and the reaches of your particular ministry on this side of eternity. You'll never know it. So do it. That's it. Less than 10% of the congregation does more than 80% of the work. That is called the uh, Pareto distribution, I believe. Pareto? Pareto? Anyway. Um, all right. Well, guys, I think I'm done. I really appreciate. Wow, we had some great. That's it. Our job is to plant. We had some great comments. You you were so encouraging to me about the T-shirts. I'm going to get on the ball. I'm going to design more T-shirts. I'm thankful to you. And, um, yeah, so uh, listen. Don't be afraid to find something to do in 2023. You can do it. And there are things that need doing. Find a work that you can champion. And I know it sounds cliche, but if you can't find a work that you can champion, just be the wind underneath somebody's wings. You can do it. God bless every one of you. I look forward to what 2023 holds. Uh, if you are not following me on Facebook, go to the Facebook page and, and, and go to Facebook and type in Cogitations and follow me there. That would be awesome. And um, be sure and subscribe to my podcast channels. Uh, my podcast channel that is probably just about anywhere you listen to podcasts, but mainly it's Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. 
And that's all I've got here. God bless every one of you. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations, powered by digitalbiblestudy.org on Tuesday nights. And uh, yeah, we'll catch y'all on the flip side.